Well, team, it finally happened. Due to a technical malfunction, we lost this last session in its entirety. So that's a huge bummer, but we've all pulled together as a team to give you the most detailed recap possible so that you can jump right back in with us next week and be ready for what happens next in the story. So here we go. This session began where the last session ended with Athena and Diego who are together in pendings and Riona and Tosh who are together underneath the True Anvil estate having the same realization about Dona Iron Fist's involvement in all of this at the same exact time. Now, this session followed Tosh and Riona exclusively as they navigated their way further into the depths of the True Anvil estate. We heard uh, people coming and realized we needed to get out of there pretty quick. And we found a secret trap door behind a bookshelf. Um, so went over to that. Tosh obviously is super strong and uh, was able to open that up. And we all ran inside and uh, created like a barricade behind it as well, throwing chairs and junk everywhere just to try and distract people and, and have them not come looking. We'll see if it works. And lead us down into a scary uh, laboratory type situation. Um, it kind of gave me the creeps and I wasn't metagaming too hard, but the way Callan described it reminded me a lot of Eric's laboratory and things we had seen with um, things that were being... Uh, uh, studied in reverse. So they got inside and went down a little ways and they discovered Aegis all splayed out on a table. And he'd been taken apart. He had an ingot in him. He had his chest open up. And uh, so they were nervous about that. Rio obviously was in fits just because she's been looking for Aegis for so long. Tosh was able to go over and... Uh, roll a check to see if he could put figure out the wires and put Aegis back together again and turn him on because he had an ingot inside of him already. He was just not awake. And he tried to do that and failed. <laughs> Didn't Wasn't able to make it happen. I used my DM inspiration as I was putting um, Aegis back together because I couldn't quite figure it out. But I'd had this DM inspiration I earned like six sessions ago. And just been waiting for the right moment. Now, to everyone's surprise, um, Aegis starts talking and it is Devin who is going to be playing Aegis today. And when Aegis woke up, Rio was just so happy. She's been so worried about him. This is why she came to Ardair. She's not ever forgotten about him a single day. It's just been a long time coming for her to see him again and have him all in one piece again and she just feels so awful she feels so so sorry that he got taken and that he was who you know having who knows what done to him for so long he must have been so scared real feels responsible and she's just very grateful that he's okay and that they're reunited and that she can help get him out that becomes priority number one Get Aegis out safely. And as he woke up, um, he was able to see Rio and Tosh before him uh, and greet them to everyone's surprise. And uh, 
Um, Tosh was also able to fully fix Aegis's arm, the arm that had been severed many, many, many sessions ago, um, that uh, the damage was able to be repaired. And so Aegis spoke with Rio and Tosh, shared with them what had happened, that Morbash had captured him in the airship that was stolen from Nidus, and taken him back here and that he was being uh, disassembled and experimented on um, by Dona. And so uh, that is all he remembers. However, his memories have been restored, and Aegis now knows who he is um, in addition to his other memories. And then, bang, we start to hear stuff. Um, we hear dwarves coming towards us, and so we decided to go down the tunnels further. Though he did show some pow- some magical esque powers um, by placing his hands on um, the door as the guards were trying to burst in and casting shocking grasp and electrocuting the door. Um, something that Aegis has not previously shown, um, but has now received what appears to be some upgrades or additional. Uh, abilities that he was unaware of or unable to utilize um, previously and so using those powers was able to electrocute the door as a deterrent while the group tried to escape we start to go down the tunnels and uh they just are getting narrower and narrower to the point where aegis is no longer able to fit in them and we hear people upstairs they're breaking through and uh, I've had this spell prepared called Gaseous Form for literally months, just waiting for the right opportune moment to use it. Uh, so cast Gaseous Form on Aegis, and uh, hit, uh, tried to send him and Rio ahead to uh, keep going down the tunnels while I could fight back the dwarves. Um, but they were coming quick, and, and Aegis couldn't move very quickly. So, <laughs> But could only move... 10 feet per round and so Aegis began to very slowly and ghostily uh, try and shimmy his way down through the the tunnel to escape during the combat and so during the combat uh, mostly for Aegis was just dashing and trying to escape. We do that we start heading down but Tosh is acting kind of as this human shield between Aegis and I and the rest of these dwarves who are hostile and start attacking at him through the opening in the tunnel Um, and so Tosh is firing back. Uh, Rio's not sure what to do because Aegis can't move very fast and uh, in this form and she doesn't have a lot left in the tank as far as fighting goes um, but she did have an idea to cast prestidigitation and create the smell of gasoline um, dwarves being miners uh, they are all very familiar with the smell of explosives and as soon as they smell that in addition to a high performance check from riona uh, the dwarves are absolutely certain something is going to explode here any minute and they all rush out of the room with the exception of one dwarf who is helping us during this time and that would be Deanne. On the outside we suddenly get the perspective of Diane who while at Solace is suddenly hearing alarm bells going off and there is a lot of confusion a lot of speculation and rumors suddenly flying and she is summoned to help Dona get rid of these these visitors these outsiders who are trying to stage a coup and take over so there have been guards sent to collect Diane to help find 
and dispatch of these outsiders. And as she is making her way, being led by these guards, she is very confused and um, before she was before she was esca- um, escorted out by the guards, Alistair had met up with her and on his way to find his husband and told her everything that had transpired between Tosh and Rio and him and Vondal. So she, Diane, is now aware of everything that has transpired and everything that has happened. And so hearing these reports from the guards um, is very confusing to her. And she feels very suspicious of the situation and not knowing exactly who to trust or what exactly is going on. But going on her gut instinct that... um, something is wrong and the whole story is not being told so she following the guards um is brought to a secret location and um one of the guards goes to open the door and they are electrocuted on the other side Aegis head use shocking grasp to prevent them from getting in but eventually the guards and diane make their way into the room find the tunnel and see Tosh and Rio trying to escape and the battle commences and Tosh is able to make a stand from within the tunnel and the dwarven guards start shooting and in an effort to just create more chaos Diane um, casts blinding light um, and in an attempt to to just create more confusion um, she doesn't want to hurt the dwarven guards. She doesn't want to hurt her own people. Um, but she also wants to protect Rio and Tosh. And Diane uh, slams the door behind them and, and asks what's going on and gets up to speed on on this situation and what has happened with them. While they are speaking and conversing, they hear a huge clamor outside and chaos and through a hole in the door, she's able to witness the giant warforged attacking and shooting the dwarven guards with the same device that was used on Vondal. That was horrifying. We're just listening to the screams of pain and agony of all these dwarves as one by one they're getting their souls sucked out of them. And we saw warforged out there with the red eyes. And, um, Right in front of us, he shot one of the dwarves with one of those, um, with one of like the soul sucking pain guns. And we just saw this dwarf like cruciate in front of us, basically. Um, and just creating terrible pain in these dwarves. And then they collect their soul in a bright red ingot. And um, so they are learning how they are harvesting this power is through intense. Um, physical suffering and pain that they're not just it's not killing these dwarves it's just torturing them from immense pain and taking that soul in order to use be used for corruption and control and the warforge walked up to it and reached out and touched his forehead and pulled the red orb from its body and then the body fell limp essentially capturing its soul uh, and creating an ingot right then and there in front of us so we were freaked out and we're trying to see what we can do about that. We are wanting to just keep moving and avoid a fight. Again, 
with these Warforged, we're not going to stand much of a chance. And so Tosh decides to send everyone down the tunnel again, and then he's going to stay back and be kind of the person who's going to shield us from what's going on and be the one left out in the cold fighting until he can't anymore. Tosh tried to send them ahead to get out of there, and he pulled out his own soul-sucking gun, uh, tried to shoot it at the Warforge, but... It just like bounced off of him and had no effect. And the Warforged fails the saving throw. So we think he's going to become incinerated like we saw Brongrum go through. But actually what happens is nothing. Absolutely nothing happens. So uh, that's horrifying in and of itself. And Taj books it into the tunnel after us and we all... Hurry and dash and dash and dash. And gratefully, that Warforged cannot actually fit through the tunnel either. So uh, we ran down the tunnel, made it uh, into... Um, basically, walked, uh, went all the way down to Solace. It was a long walk down to Solace. And eventually, we make it to a room. There's a warm glow coming from this area. Uh we open up another doorway of some kind and we are actually inside Dona's room in Solace. So Dona has had easy access to all of this nefarious stuff from no matter where she is. If she's going from Solace, she can get up to her creepy laboratory. If she's going from the True Anvil Estate, she can go straight through. That way, it's gross. She has easy access to Aegis, who's been hidden away um, and been experimented on this whole time. And it's sad. So we make it there. And the idea is we need to get out now <laughs> as soon as humanly possible. We have Aegis. It is time to go. So I ask Tosh to give Aegis some kind of a cloak to hide him because in the flashback of my mother and Vivian and Aegis and Aelin escaping the last time Aegis had a cloak on and that helped disguise him and raise less concern about him leaving. And he was able to get out the lifts that way. And I put the cloak on Aegis and he says, this looks familiar or this feels familiar. And I thought that was so cute because I was definitely trying to hearken back to that time, but I didn't explicitly say so. So that made me happy. And there in front of us were um, Warforged. There was like four of them and they were blocking people and keeping them in solace. So it's like the first time we've seen the Warforged really out in the open. And it's kind of like they're making their move right now, uh, trying to take over our dare. And there's a large crowd kind of gathered over by the water feature in the middle of solace. And as we look closer we can see that there are several Warforged detaining the dwarves in that area. And so we kind of realize, oh shoot, it's happening. And now our escape might be harder than we originally thought. And that is where we ended the session.